from the studios of Fractal Recording, this is the Profit First Podcast, episode 18. Did you hear that? Was it loud enough? Yes, it was! 18! 18! You're going to start playing 18 in life, I give you 18 in life to go! 18 in... (laughs) Something with Skid Row. Wow! Dude, I got it right here. Dude, what a horrible life this kid had. Oh, oh. Oh, I can just keep going. I'll kill the whole show. There we go. 18 in life. So welcome, everyone. I used to listen to the 18 in life. And like get so like angry, and then I'm like, I'm gonna take my math book and like tear this apart. I like that was my violent outlet, right? Lou Ferrigno style. Yeah, huh? and then I'm like, oh my god, I'm such an 18 pound weakling. Uh, I can't even tear a page on this thing. And then that was my outlet. I listen. I thought I was Ricky. I, I, wow. I, yeah. It's, but in my fantasy world. This is starting to sound like therapy, Christina. Yeah. No, it was just, you know, that Bringing was like out your inner truth here. <laughs> I was such a nerd. I still am. But I, mean, I was such a nerd. To think I was anything like Ricky. <laughs> just let him go, Christina. Okay. Just let him go. <laughs> so welcome, everyone, to the Profit First <laughs> oh, shoot, I Experience. Those. It's not just a podcast show. It's an experience. I'm Chris Curran, the founder of Fractal Recording. And a therapist, <laughs> uh, and I'm <laughs> and I'm Mike Michalowicz, author of Profit First, and uh, we have a special go- guest or goose. <laughs> I like your special goose. Uh, and our special goose is here laying golden eggs. <laughs> Christina, Christina, hey. Christina, four weeks in a row. I I can't get enough, of you guys. What can I say? It, it, it's gotten better and better. The the first episode that you came on to, we were struggling. Oh, yeah. we're, Chris and I were trying to show off for you how great we were, <laughs> right? And but now we got a rhythm going. Well, I the second you. the second episode, that's when we made fun of Canada. Oh right! Oh, oh goodness! We had, took a whole episode to overcome that. Oh, oh, an email came in a request for her to visit Canada to sing the national anthem. Of I Canada. am there. Yeah. No pay. No. Uh, you have to give on your own dollar, um, and no audience. It was just someone said, "Why don't you come up and sing it?" Like, there was. Like an event. Worth it. Yeah. Worth it. Yeah. But you're really a great singer. Thank you. So I just love that you sang that. Right? Mm. Mm. Dude, on this show, we talk about profitability. Uh, we talk about my therapeutic issues. <laughs> therapeutic issues? That um, sound, that's okay. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. I, that, you know, like I want to be Ricky. <laughs> Uh, but we really talk about businesses and getting businesses to a level of profitability they haven't experienced before. Most businesses are check by check, and our job is to get you out of that check by check lifestyle and growing the bottom line. That's right. And we're available on iTunes and Stitcher. Those are the two big podcast directories. And our website, profitfirstpodcast.com. We have all kinds of guests who've been on there. We've had, we, we've had some great guests. It's, it's been a great ride. Yeah, it's been a great ride. And actually, one of the most common comments we get is actually the variety of our guests. It's not the typical, oh, here's the biggest name in the industry kind of authors, um, which is very common for podcasts. And it's a great thing. But we're, we're bringing on a full spectrum of entrepreneurs, uh, 
investors. Today we have a landscaper um, who's turned into a business of teaching other landscapers. His name is Stan uh, Genetic, and it's going to be a fascinating interview. It's all these different perspectives on profitability. Before we do it, I want to thank our sponsors. Uh, 18 episodes, Nextiva is still with us. <laughs> Fundera wow. is still with us. T-Sheets is still with us. The three, the core three just keeps coming back. Right? They're great. We'll talk about our sponsors a little bit more later. Yeah. Coincidentally, no sponsors from Canada have stepped up. <sighs> or not so <laughs> We'll see. Hey, I walked out of my apartment the other morning. Yeah. Without my keys, without my phone, without my wallet, nothing. Locked the door behind me. And I was like, turned around, I was like, let me in. Oh my it was God. like a moment of panic. I was like, oh, no way. I was like, I'll get in my car. I don't have my car keys. Are you still was, driving the Prius? Yeah. How's that thing working out? Prius you, is you, awesome. you guys smacked down. This is like episode two. You took like a head-on collision <laughs> in your parking lot. <laughs> what? With like a, it was like an 18-wheeler versus a Prius. Oh, my. Yeah, he lost. No. No, oh. I just got hit in the side. Oh. It, it was repairable. Oh, well, it's called poetic license. Good. I just use poetic right. license. To show uh, a tractor story. trailer hit me. The, the car crumpled into a 12 inch by 12 inch cube, but I was fine. This really is therapy, is it? <laughs> right? Oh, you wanna you wanna really go to therapy here? Oh, I got a therapy thing. I um, I went to the restroom here at your studio, and above the urinals, it says, "Do not throw sanitary napkins in the urinals." What is up with that? How does that make you feel? <laughs> I got to stop using sanitary napkins in the first place. Um, <laughs> but to, for me to throw them in the urinals, I'm I'm sorry. Our guest is on hold. Like what the hell's hell going on? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. Okay, we did the five minute kill. Uh, oh, oh, could you put him on mute so he can't hear us? Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Stan, if you hear us, you don't. Or at yeah, least pretend yeah. you don't hear us. No, he 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 can't hear us now. Okay. We're not going to do a word of the day, but we're going to ask him what the word of the day was. That's the whole thing. Oh. Okay. Is that cool? I love it. Okay. That was it. <laughs> Come back laughing. Is he here us yet? Oh, no. Oh. Come back laughing. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> no, but can he hear us? He can, now he can, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that works out perfectly. Okay. Um, who I'm about to introduce is Stan Genetic. He grew up in the country doing like the hard, heavy li working uh, life of a country boy, excavating stuff, moving rocks around and all these things. So what does he do when he goes to college? He starts a landscaping business to get through college. He was so successful at now he runs his own business teaching other people how to move rocks around um, at their country homes <laughs> and landscape. And he even has a podcast. And his ironically is popular uh, which is, <laughs> oh, wow <laughs> yeah unlike this one uh, it's called the landscape business pro podcast with no further ado let me introduce mr stan genetic come on down <laughs> can you guys hear me okay oh tr tremendous Perfect. Mike, I got a little bit of advice for you. Next time you go to the bathroom, you might want to check the front door before you walk in to make sure you're in the right room. Okay? No, it's, oh. it says men's on the door, which is funny. It doesn't say men apostrophe S. It says men's, M-E-N-S. And there's no such word as men's. Is there? Unless it's like what? Latin. <laughs> that's 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 deep. So you know what I'm saying. <laughs> that's, that's deep. deep. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for getting us back on track. I yeah. appreciate. It. Where where are you calling in from today, Stan? Minnesota, yeah. Don't you know? Cool. Oh, home wow. home of the casserole and hockey. I had no hockey. idea. Do you play hockey? 
No, I, I snowplow for a living. I don't have the luxury <laughs> of going outside and playing when it snows. I've got to be working to make a living. So Did that's where we kid? come from. Did you play as a kid? Nope, a little bit, but I fell down too much. So I slid down the hills, went behind snowmobiles, skied, did, did stuff like that. So so tell us a little bit about your business. What, what do you do for a living? So the journey started when I was 13. I'm 43 right now, Mike. And I, like you said, I worked my way through college doing the only thing I knew, running equipment. So, you know, I was uh, going to college and excusing myself from the college courses because uh, I had trucks to schedule, jobs to line up. And one of the courses, uh, the professor looks at me and says, you know, there goes a real business person. And it was at that moment that I realized hmm. I'm paying like $12,000 per semester to do something that I'm already doing. And so then I refocused and started to build a landscaping company. And, you know, I thought I fell into that trap that almost everybody falls into bigger is better. And it really is not the way. But I didn't know any better. I was just a young kid going through college, reading the books and seeing the appeal of all these big corporations and all the equipment they had. And, uh, you know, that was the, the avenue that I decided to pursue. So I started to build the company focused on growth alone. And what happened is we grew like crazy. It's easy in landscaping to grow because there's a lot of work. And once you kind of get the gist of how to bid jobs and how to run jobs, you can keep yourself booked for at least four to six months in advance pretty easily with solid work. And so we grew from doing maybe $100,000 to we quickly grew to between $1.5 and $2 million per year. Well, let's rewind a little bit. When you say we, did you have a business partner or did you do this solo? Well, it was my father and I. So it was a family business at that point. And where were you going to college? Uh, St. Thomas, University of St. Thomas and the University of Minnesota. And did you uh, you drop out of school? Yes, I did. What did that professor say? Uh, when I dropped yeah. out, nothing because I wasn't there anymore. <laughs> did you ever talk to him again and like say, hey, man, you helped inspire me dropping out of college? Or <laughs> have you ever talked you, to him? You know, when you get that busy, Mike, you don't have time to go back and reflect and to ponder. Maybe yeah. I should. That would be a great thing. But no, I didn't. So, you know, we focused on growth alone at that point. And like I said, we got to that, that level of achievement where I thought we were supposed to be successful, but it never came to fruition. So what do you mean it didn't come to fruition? I hear you're doing $2 million in annual revenue. Um, was that profitable? No, that's the issue. So we had 20 guys out working in the fields. We had five different crews going. We were booked out months and months in advance, but the profits really didn't reflect the effort that went into it. Why? And so, well, it was because you, with, with landscaping, you and in contracting in general, not just landscaping, but as a contractor in general, you have the opportunity to be the jack of all trades and master of none. But what I tell people is you have to do is you have to do what I call strategic diversification. So in 2007, we were doing the typical jack of all trades, doing every job that came our way. It could be a grading job. We could be knocking down a car wash. We could be building a retaining wall. We could be putting in the African hooked animal exhibit for the uh, Minnesota Zoo. It didn't Just matter. for example. Just for example. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we were doing everything that came our way, but we weren't doing any of it really good. We really weren't doing it with the maximum amount of profits that we possibly could achieve. And so in 2007, at the peak of our business and by sheer luck alone, now you got to read Remember, the crash came in 2008. Mm -hmm. and so in 2007, I had no idea the big crash was coming, right? Right. But I, but I sat down with my crew and I said, 
we are going to intentionally cut all of our business by 50% the next year. Did your father slap you as you said that? <laughs> by that time, my father had passed away. But oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Now, was, yeah, I'm sorry. That, that's but, okay. No, no big deal. Then, well, let me, let me rewind. How did you reach this decision? To, why, why were you doing such a big cutback? I mean, did that, was that your way to get the profitability you believed? Mike, Chris... Christina, it wasn't about just the profitability. It was about job satisfaction. I was flipping miserable. The bigger we grew, the more headaches we got, the more problems arose. And as the owner of the business, you're putting out more fires. And if you're not making the money to make it worthwhile, why continue to do it? I said, life is worth more than just be, being this major problem solver and having everybody's issues come my way. We're, now, so, we're, let me rewind it because I think this is a very important spot. It sounds like you, you have a business from the outside world that's doing two million. Wow, that's amazing. But you sound like very stressed. Were you married at the time? Children, so forth? I was married with children. And, what, and my wife is yeah. a saint for putting up with me then and now. <laughs> what, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I agree. Um, what, was, what was the experience like with your family as you were going through this $2 million, the outside world, here's your financial success. What's your family going through is... Pure hell. Give me some details. Pure hell. Uh, you know, you don't ever leave your job at home. Okay. Yeah. You don't. I don't. You don't ever leave your job at work. I apologize. You always bring it home with you. So I would come home, and instead of going to like my daughter's soccer games, I would physically be there, but mentally I wasn't there. And you mm -hmm. could see it. You can see it in a person's eyes when they're tuned out and they're into something else. Or your phone. You can never leave that. You can never drop that and put it behind you. You've got to carry it with you, and it's ringing. And every time it rings, something comes up, and it just stresses you out. So really, you can physically be there but it doesn't mean emotionally you're going to be supportive for your family. They are going to be the ones that are hurt in this process. Were they saying something to you? Was your wife getting angry or were they trying to bear and support, grin it and support you? Well, like I said, my, 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 my wife is a saint and so she would tolerate it. She wasn't overly supportive of it, but she understood it's what we had to do to make a living. Did you tell her that you had this idea of cutting back on the business before you actually told your employees? You know, my wife is one of those people that trusts my judgment, sometimes a little bit too much because I wish she would slap me and say, what the heck are you thinking? Yeah. So but so she trusts my judgment and we went ahead and started to implement the plan. So in 2007, I sat down and I said, we're going to cut our business by 50% intentionally the next year. We're going to implement this policy of what I call strategic diversification, or instead of being the jack of all trades and master of none, we are now going to do what I call being the jack of all trades and master of two. Every, everybody, heard that before. everybody can do two things really well. I know that there's people that can be super good authors and awesome speakers. I know that there's guys. <laughs> yes, and awfully handsome. That's three. Well, I don't know about that. Oh! <laughs> he said two, not three. How, <laughs> anyway, how did you pick your two, Stan? I, that's what I'm going to get into. Oh, so, sorry. So that's no no problem, Mike. You just you're putting the cart in front of the horse. That's all right, bro. Just settle down, calm settle down. Settle down now. Settle we got down. like 15 more minutes. No, so we, we don't. Play. We have a, we have got a lot of bits coming. Our, <laughs> we got to move. Oh man! All right. So anyway, the point is, we picked two niches that we wanted to absolutely dominate, and we strategically picked them. We didn't throw a dart at the board. We said we have to master two specific areas. 
And what we chose was one very small niche, which is doesn't have a high level of competition. In our case, it was swimming pool removal. We weren't digging swimming pools. We weren't repairing swimming pools. We were just physically removing them. Why? Because nobody else was really mastering that market. Easy to come in, easy to dominate it, easy to make your name as the company to go to for swimming pool removal. Are you still with me? Yeah, but I got a question. May I have permission to ask you a question? Um, what about the guy who installs the swimming pools? Doesn't he also do removal? Isn't that the natural choice for customers? No. Why not? They they focus on installing them. They Sometimes they may. I don't know. I've, I've actually gotten referrals from companies that install swimming pools to us oh. to, to do the removal. But maybe they do. Maybe they don't. There are some people that do swimming pool removal. Mike, don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is there's less people that do swimming pool removal. What I'm hearing from you, and tell me if this is accurate, that specialists, you're a swimming pool removal specialist, match up with other specialists. You have installer specialists, and you're referring business to each other. Is that oh true? yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You can once you get into that niche, people can recognize you as the expert. They're going to want to they're going to want their customers to go to you because well, why not? You're the best at what you do and if you do a bad job, it looks bad on them. So, you know, whenever you do a referral program, you always want to give your customers to somebody that you can trust that knows what they're doing that has a proven track record of success. I and gotcha. so, so we went into this niche and we dominated it very quickly. But that is the small niche. Mm-hmm. Those those jobs aren't knocking down, beating down on the door. And I want you, if you're a contractor, if you're a landscaper, you're an excavator, if you're a tradesman or a craftsman, I want you to understand that you pick these two niches that are strengths within your company, within your belief system. The second niche is a harder niche to dominate. So it's a bigger niche. So in this case, we chose retaining walls. Now, you got to understand, Mike, Chris, Christina, there is everybody and their brother can install a retaining wall. Concrete guys can do them. Landscapers can do them. So to become a specialist in this field takes a longer learning curve. It takes longer to achieve that notoriety, and you may have to put more effort into it. But when it does, you're going to have the ability to take on more jobs. you got more jobs coming your way, and you're still the specialist. So you've learned and you've refined the process. You've put a plan and system in place that allows you to build profits into every step of the game as you're installing retaining walls, a big niche, mastering it, becoming known for and then your smaller niche, removing swimming pools. Do these two niches need to be complementary? Exactly. That really helps. So just like I was getting into with you, Mike, yeah, you write books. Yeah, so you can speak. Those two things have a comp. And and, uh, Christine, is that true? (laughs) No comment. Oh, come on. (laughs) Yes, it's true. Yes, it's true, of course. You're supposed to say it's shockingly true. (laughs) Shocking. The key is to have that common thread. You've got to have that connector between the two. Just like Chris runs this pro- this podcast for focusing on business, his other podcast focuses on mystical encounters, endeavors, or whatever. It's still a podcast. Yeah, we have no it's idea still, either, quite frankly. Still, <laughs> it still has a common thread between the two, which gives him the ability to master those two things, but still be able to do it and go back and forth between the two without a whole lot of switching around. It's not like being a dentist and being a baker. All right. You can't do com- two complete different things at the same time. Before we go into our little piece we want to do with you, Stan, one final question around this. What were the numbers like? You went from $2 million 
down to what and what was the profitability like though? All right, this is going to blow you away, okay? We went down from between 1.5 to 2 million down to 500,000 cuz not so not only did we cut our business in half, but the economy helped us along even <laughs> further, yeah, right? I feel so, you. So, so we went down to half a million dollars that year and had the exact same profit margin. W- wow. So is it did your stress drop from a $2 million stress level to a $500,000 stress level? Less cause, less panic? So let's let's look at that real quick. When you're doing a $90,000 job and you're worried about the contractor paying you and you're worried about getting all the lines right and you're worried about where this has got to go and that's got to go and you go down to doing a $9,000 job and your profit margins are closer to 30 or 40% and you know that, hey, you know, worst case scenario, this guy flakes out on me. I lose $9,000 and not $90,000. Do you think my stress level went down a little bit, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But now we're going to get your stress back up. Yes. We want to talk about, you dig up pools, you probably find some crazy, scary stuff in there. I want to go around real quick uh, and share scary stories from excavation moments. What have you found in your backyard? So, Chris, uh, Stan, we're going to start this out with Chris. Chris, scariest thing ever you found in your backyard? Well, I uh, I was letting the music play a little bit there. <laughs> I understand for the yeah. Um, I actually I interviewed someone who has a ghost in their house, uh, and they ended up communicating with this ghost uh, through a Ouija board, and the and the Ouija board told them look <laughs> under the dining room. So this guy broke out a circular saw and cut a hole in his dining room floor, and he looked under there, and he could see a mound in the dirt. There was a body uh, buried under Ugh. his dining room. Well, wow, Christina, you're up. Stan, um, get ready. You're coming up, dude. Oh, well, okay. Christina's <laughs> next, though. Speaking of circular saws, um, I will say the strangest thing that's happened to me in my backyard was um, losing and then finding a portion of my own finger. <laughs> Look, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's a small. She's portion. missing a finger. She's missing but a finger. Yeah. You, <laughs> Chris, wow. look at your yeah. eyes, dude. You that can't was look a at your great eyes. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's missing a finger. Not a full one. It's like yeah. just right below the nail. Yeah, but a piece of a tip. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I gave her a prosthetic uh, at the <laughs> office. I have like one no. of those. Ma- I do. I have a magic finger. Like you used to hide and conceal stuff. Oh. So I gave it to her, and for a couple of days, she's like, "This is better than my real prosthetic." Until she, her finger started bleeding, and said, "This thing's like torture." It's not a true story. <laughs> what, I gave you the prosthetic. He did. He gave me. He gave me the magic finger. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Oh boy, Christine. I'm glad you got the magic finger. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, uh, Stan. Your turn. Scariest thing ever found. Scariest thing I ever found, boy, digging in the dirt, you find a lot of fun stuff, but we call them butt clincher moments. Oh. And uh, oh, well, <laughs> I'm sure we, you do. What we what we get into is some pretty dangerous things. The scariest thing that's ever happened, I was driving down the road and watched my excavator, 36,000 pound, $100,000 excavator, flip off <gasps> from my trailer, barely miss a car, and slide upside down on the freeway. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Wow. So, yeah, that's my butt clincher moment. Yeah, that's, okay. And uh, I, I, I got to ride one sideways off a trailer as well. So we get into a lot of fun things when we do these this kind of work. Wow. So my scariest moment, uh, I was digging around my backyard as a kid, and I found one of those Stretch Armstrong things. You know, you remember that Stretch Armstrong? Like you yeah. pull his arms and stuff, but it was like covered with mud and disgustingness. I started playing with them and so forth. And my mom's like, never play with that. It's been dirty. It's been crazy. It got me all freaked out, right? So I threw it back down. 
That night, I went to bed. Woke up the next morning. Ah! He's laying right next to me. My father, uh, moral of the story is my father thought it was my own toy and that I loved playing with him, so he put him next to me while I was sleeping. Oh. But I woke up. <laughs> to date, I am terrified of Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> I will pee myself if I see a Stretch Armstrong, oh. especially laying next to me. Muddy. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, now I know what to bring into the studio, there Christine. We go. Oh, totally not, dude. Blackmail. A heart attack. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm mailing you a dirty stretch arms. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That sounds crazy. Oh, oh we're back. <laughs> we're back. Okay. Well, that freaked out a lot of audience members. So, Stan, yeah. you, you have a business that's 500000 The profit is the same. What happened the following years? Continue the story on for us. So then, you know, after we learn to concentrate and refocus, it takes a while to dominate these markets, guys. It just doesn't happen overnight. Um, so as we refine the process, so let's go back to swimming pool removal. We learned over the years how to eke out and squeeze every single penny out of each one of those niches that we decided that we were going to dominate, was going to be our wheelhouse, is going to be what we were known for. And so we were able to, every year, keep our prices exactly the same. So we didn't have to raise our prices in these mm. areas. We were actually kept them right where they were at for 10 years running straight. And from now to 10 years ago, all of my guys, their wages have gone up. The cost of fuel has gone up. The price to the customer has stayed the same, and my profit margins to the company have increased. So, can you give us an example of maybe one of the things that you discovered that maybe was kind of like an "Oh my God, I wish I thought of this earlier" moment when it came to pool removal? Oh yeah, for sure. So let's just talk about the process. The reason how we sell these things is we have it right down where I can sell a job right over the phone. So that eliminated a step. I didn't. No, I had no longer had to run out and take a look at people's pool removal projects. I gave a flat rate quote. Almost everybody was exactly the same. If they accepted it, then I would go out to the job site. If they said, oh, you know what, I'll think about it. Well, you know what, I just saved three hours of my time and labor. But that does, isn't really where the big differences lie. It actually lies, now this is going to be very specific, and so this may not work for the general audience. But in this case, we were able to learn a way to get all the fill soil, structural fill soil, for free on these job sites. Ah. So, so... Instead of going out and paying $100 per load for the dirt, we were able to put together a system called dirtmonkey.net, which allowed us to connect with other excavators, which allowed us to connect with other contractors. And if they had dirt on a site, we could verify what kind of dirt it was, if it was structural dirt, how far away it was. And when you're an excavating company and you're trying to get rid of dirt and somebody's calling you up and saying, hey, I'll come over and get it, nine times out of 10, you're willing to throw it in their dump truck and let it haul away. That's amazing. I didn't realize you developed that software. And Chris, you got to check out dirtmonkey.net. It is really cool. It's like Uber for dirt. Wow. But, but Stan, you developed that for yourself initially now you made it publicly available right yes i did so yeah it's it's designed specifically for landscapers and excavators to help them uh, you know do the same darn thing that i did with it and it's an amazing system but you know that's just one of those little things that i focused on that made a huge difference for my company and it was steps like that that i continued to develop and refine that allowed me to increase my profit margins while then growing the company. And now we've gotten to the point where not only do we dominate that market, but we get calls now, you know we're in Minnesota, but we get calls from Nevada, we get calls from California, we get calls from all over, hey, how do I demo these swimming pools? And it's at that point, of course, I can't service the customers, but I can walk them through 
through the pro process step by step. So when they hire a contractor in their local area, they feel real comfortable about the process and know what has to happen and how it has to be done. So, and I assume you charge a fee for that, of course. Yep, free. Free? Oh, wow. hey, no, uh, you do it for free? Well, yeah, it's just a conversation, Mike. I just let them know, hey, you know what? This is what you do. This is how you do it. And if it can help them spread some goodwill, whatever you you know, whatever you give away, I'll come back to you twofold. Yeah, I do believe that. But I mean, you're becoming a obviously a, a nationally recognized expert in pool, pool remover, <laughs> pool removal, or yeah, poo. Yeah. So yes, for, for all 100 people that need it done, yeah. Yeah, but but you need, a lot of people need it on a national level. Um, are you looking to turn that into a national level business, or is that, or, or should a business stop growing at a certain point and you, you you're well positioned? Right now, Mike, we're we're doing okay. We just if we service our local area. I've never even actually thought about doing it nationally. I, you can you can spread it. I've seen companies that do the retaining walls and they spread out and do it nationally. And I find that when you start to spread out, you've got to really have all the systems in place for each area because then it gets specific to the area. You've got to know the conditions you're moving into, where you can buy the materials and how they can work. And then instead of you know increasing the profits, it decreases the profits. And again, it gets into that that point where, you know, maybe I should just master what I'm really good at in an area that I'm really comfortable in. And so that's why we focus just to stay within our local area and dominate it. I think it makes a ton of sense. I mean, you already learned the lesson of being a jack of all trades and master of none before. That's why you ratcheted it back. Now you're in your niche, you're staying there. Uh, and it sounds like you've learned that lesson, stay in your niche and just dominate it. Exactly. Yeah, because if he had to, if he had to charge people for the advice, you know, the long, the advice for people in other cities. Right. That's another product he has to sell. It's a whole new business, right? It, now he's got to justify, well, this is why you should pay me X dollars to talk with me on the phone. And then it's, again, the guy's going to be like, oh, I don't know. You know. Yeah, yeah. And then those folks in those other places are pushing business back towards Stan. It's like, oh, this guy helped me out. He's up in Minnesota. Oh, great. And he's getting business back that way. Yeah. Stan, as you look back at your business career, anything else you would change um, that you could suggest to our listeners on increasing profitability? Oh, for sure. Start early. Um, don't be afraid. That's the one thing about landscaping that I absolutely love. It's an entry-level job. You have a truck, you have a shovel, you have a rake, you have a wheelbarrow, you're in you're in business, excuse me. But it's also a very lucrative business. I know local companies around here that they do $10, 15000000 million per year. They have outside investors coming in, not understanding the, the intricacies of mm -hmm. landscaping, and they invest into it as a tax write-off, and then they find out that you can make a lot of money doing it, and then all of a sudden they invest even more and become full-fledged partners and grow the business. So if this is the, that's what I love about it. It's the opportunity for anyone to get in, get started, and get going. But you got to be able to run it like a business. You can't just go in and think that you're going to do it because you're going to make mistakes that are going to kill you in the beginning. And so, you know, you've really got to learn how to do it the right way to be safe and to grow and to make money. Sam, we want to learn more about you. Where do we go? You know, check out our podcast. It's specifically what we do is we help guys that are getting started, help establish businesses, refine their process. It's called the Landscape Business Pro Podcast. You can search for it in iTunes. On Go to podcast. Just type in landscaping. We should come up. We have amazing interviews with some pretty incredible people. Mike, we had you on. Your, your podcast was awesome. I thank you for that. Um, and that's really what I want people to go to. I just want to, I want people out there that are just trying to get started to learn how to do this, to refine their processes, and to make the absolute most they can for themselves. And also go to dirtmonkey.net. I was checking that out. It's just a really cool 
business app. I was going to say, is that where uh, is that where he found you, Mike? Through Dirt Monkey? Trolling on yeah, Dirt Monkey. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> someone want to dump dirt? You know? I'm, I'm still looking for the, the Stretch Armstrongs buried in dirt now. Oh. I feel like i got to recover these things. Stan, absolute pleasure having you on. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Thanks for staying up. Appreciate it. You guys have a great day now. You too. Great you too. job, man. Thank Take you. care. Stay warm. All right. Wow. So, <laughs> breather everyone's like <gasps> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know here's the deal he put me in my place you know i i was getting a little bit jumping putting the cart before the horse or the horse before the cart or yeah. some kind of cart horse analogy <laughs> and, and he ratcheted it back in i think i got a real issue we were talking about this earlier i'm mm. i get a little too hyper i get uber hyper i gotta chill a little bit you just get fast forward you need to learn to go at a normal pace yeah yeah slow sometimes. down but the thing is about you, th- that's not so bad because mm. you're not like a big, arrogant egomaniac who starts yelling at people. You know what I mean? Like right. if you're going too fast and someone says, "Hey, let's relax," you're open to hearing that. Oh yeah. So, well, not, but so, thank you, thank you for saying that. I'm just saying that it's not. You know, it might be something that you want to rein in, but it's it's not out of hand. Or no, anything. no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, guess what? What? We're going to do a recap, but before we do the recap, I want to talk about our sponsors. The recap's going to be awesome, by the way. Oh, I got a page of notes, a half page of notes. You can see them right here. Yeah. Um, I got about 100 pages of different questions we could have asked them about weird things buried in backyards. <laughs> I mean, listen to, look at that. All these pages. Wow. Yeah. Um, but um, I want to thank first Nextiva. Nextiva's a, <laughs> Chris, you can't see him. He's throwing his yeah. hands up in the air. I mean, he's like, of course. Of course. Voip. Nextiva is, wow. VoIP. What does VoIP stand for? Uh, voice over, I don't know. Internet, internet protocol. Internet protocol. Yeah. Thank you. Voice over IP, voice over internet protocol is what IP stands for. Right. And Nextiva's like a business phone system. It's like, you know, everyone has their own extension. There's all voicemails. Yeah. It's a powerful phone system and it's on the cloud. So you say your office goes down. Say you lose power at your office. Voice system still runs. People can't call your phone if your phone has no power, but it goes to voicemail. It's all managed. So you never miss a message. You're always able to communicate. Uh, we had Hurricane Sandy come through here in New Jersey. Remember that? We were out of business for almost two weeks. There was no power anywhere. I went to the shel- literally went to the shelter in Mountain Lakes, New Jersey, and set up at the shelter, and I was on my phone system there. just plugged it right into my laptop. Whoop! Customers didn't notice. And customers don't care if you're out of business. <laughs> they want their services. And call forwarding. And call to forwarding. Your personal cell phone. Christina gets calls. She's at home Saturday night, <laughs> nine o'clock. She puts on a great movie. She's watching Breaking Bad. I'm trying to get her into Breaking Bad. Yeah. Watching the TV show. And ring, phone rings. Customer. <laughs> and it's usually me actually testing. Yeah. Like, Christina, are you, are you answering the phone? <laughs> Other sponsors. Oh, I suspect. Well, <laughs> myself. Fundera. What they do? Fundera. If a, a company, if you need, if, if you have a business and you want to borrow money, you need funding. Yep. For anything, right? Yep. To cover payroll, yep. to grow your business. Yep. Uh, you go to one a one stop shop. Fundera. You go there and you you put in all your info, and they shop around and find you money. Yeah, they they outsource to all these different funding sources. So instead of the old school way that uh, Walt Disney, you know, he went to ninety banks and got rejected by all. Well, now Fundera will take care of those rejections for you. You'll get rejected by ninety, and then the ninety first one will fund you. But Fundera does all that groundwork for you. Right. So you'll get funded like that. That's it. And then T sheets. T sheets. I just like the way that sounds. Dude, <laughs> that is the coolest company. We actually, isn't Matt joining us from T-Sheets coming up next? Yes. I, I'm not sure when, but I know very soon. Yeah, we we're trying to schedule time with a CEO, Matt Rissel. 
Russell, I think. Matt Russell. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, Matt from T Sheets. Yeah, Matt. He's the CEO of T Sheets. He's going to come on and explain what they got going on That's and awesome. how this stuff works. And the guy is cool. I've met him a couple times now. He's just a fun guy and a jokester. So I like We that. should have him track our, the show when we, he's on the we show. Should have, <laughs> we should have. Yeah, we should do that. We should totally F with him. Um, all right. So, what did you learn from the show today? Um, wow. A lot. Um, I like how he said that he's the. Um, Jack of all trades and master of two. Mm. Very cool. And one of them was swimming pool removal. One was retaining walls. And it's good. And he said you have to pick your niches strategically. Yeah. Yep. What I heard is you can do two million or you can do 500,000 and make the exact same level of profit, but the stress drops. And you know why are we as business owners so gung-ho on bigger, 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 and, and not addressing the profit, all we do is get more and more stress. Yeah. Like, dude, it's cool. Make just get a healthy freaking business. Yeah, and he even mentioned the his one the swimming pool removal. He's had the same pricing for ten years because he eliminated steps and he found out how to get free uh, filler soil, the free dirt. Yeah, yeah. He's he's finding all these ways to make more money, and customers don't feel any price bump. It's awesome. That's proof that if you're listening to this and you have a business, there's probably ten ways in your business that right now, right now. that you could figure out an interesting way around it and save money and boost your profit. It, yeah, it's true for every business. Just got to make the effort and do that. Christina, what did you learn? Uh, no, I was actually going to say the same thing, but what I just found interesting was he said it's about job satisfaction and not profit. Even though you want to become profitable, if you're focusing on your job satisfaction, ultimately that will result in profit. Yeah, love it. Is Stan still on the call with us? Or did we lose him? Stan, are you I, still there? I am still here. You're listening hey. in. Wow. I'm, I'm All right. Thank God. Hey, we had uh, we do a little trick called the word of the day, <laughs> uh, and we may put you on mute in the beginning to do a little word Stretch of the day. Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> All right, close. What's your second guess? Uh, it's that circular saw. Uh, third guess? <laughs> Magic finger. Oh, it was none of those. We actually uh, we set you up. We did. You were the first person ever to get no word of the day. Nice, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I am. I'm half Polish. Does that ring a bell with you, Mike? Oh, <laughs> dude, I'm three quarters Polish. Okay. Actually, I'm six quarters Polish. That's a Polish joke. And it's funny because Mike just said you put him in his place, and now but, but he's playing jokes on you here. Oh, How was our summary? Did you did we did we do a good job? It hit the nail on the head. All right, brother. It was really a joy having you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I totally appreciate it. Awesome. All right, man. Later Bye, on. Bye, Stan. Dude, that's our episode for today. Yeah. Oh, I got one last tip. Yes. Oh. The, uh, Are you okay? She's, wow. Oh, my God. Are you okay? I just got bitch slapped by my microphone. She oh swung her head to the right. Her nose just got ripped off. <laughs> the, Woo. No finger, no. no nose. Everything's good. You're losing body parts here. Um, okay. Here's the tip of the day. Uh, do we have a fortune cookie we need to crack open? Ew. Oh, juicy. It's like gooey. How did you do yours? <laughs> there it is. Okay. Oh, that was a gross fortune cookie. Here's what we found inside. Interesting. Look at what it says here. Stop asking how big your business is and start asking how healthy your business is. Mm. Ooh, that matches what Stan was saying. Wow. All right, brother. There All right, man. We are officially awesome. out of here. This has been great. This has been fun. Thanks, Thanks Mike. This is awesome. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Christina. Christina, we hope you come back four weeks in a row. We should make it now eight weeks in a row. I... Or six or... Too, I'm happy to. Okay. There you okay. go. And check okay. out the website for all our other episodes and also a little information about me and Fractal Recording and, and also Profit First, First Professionals. Go to our website and check it out. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to our sponsors. We'll see you next time. Thanks Bye. to everybody. 18 in life I give you. 18 in life to go. 18 and something else. 18th episode.